0: Welcome once again to Theater of the Moon and Mind, Immortal in New Tech City, Part 1. The SPD Rangers shook their heads as they watched the original three Dino Thunder Rangers and the Dino Gyms disappear. The group had goofy grins on their faces, having enjoyed the fight with the former group of Rangers a lot more than they had thought possible. Don't get too comfy, Rangers. There's still a lot of work to do, Kat said as she activated a screen. Cadet, bring up the video log from downtown with that fight we recorded. Yes, ma'am, a cadet from D-Squad said as he brought up the information asked of him. The rangers all watched the screen, questioning. Broodwing? Jack asked surprised as they saw a figure that was standing on a rooftop. Yes. Do we have audio? Kruger asked as they all watched the dark figure as he was examining a case with something inside of them. Not yet, but we do know what it is that he's holding. And that would be what? Sky asked. Mind control devices, Kat explained as an image of one of the devices came into view. They're based on the same type that was used on Carone when she attacked Earth as astronomer in the late 1990s. We believe that Broodwing planned on using them on the Dino Thunder Rangers after they refused to work with him. Don't you mean for him? Z asked sarcastically. Cat ignored the sarcasm the Yellow Ranger had as a second screen came up with technical information on the devices. Fortunately for us, the mind control devices were damaged. How? Sid asked. And if they're gone then why are we so worried about them because of the manner in which they were destroyed cat said as the video footage started back up they watched as the case was shot out of the hands of broodwing the case clattered to the ground and the mercenary arms dealer turned around angrily and faced a sight he was obviously not expecting a figure in a trench coat with a deep hood walked up the unknown was calmly carrying an energy weapon in his hand the weapon that was used was a ranger issue astroblaster. We're not sure how someone managed to get their hands onto something like that yet, but we're still searching. The two figures began arguing back and forth. The new figure obviously became annoyed and shot at the case again, this time destroying the contents on the inside. Well, that's the end of that, Jack said, smirking at her. Is there anything else we need to worry about? Would all of you just be quiet and watch, Cat snapped at all of B-Squad, her eyes now narrowed into slits of annoyance. The group swallowed nervously before they nodded and turned back to watching as Broodwing pulled out a sword and slashed at the figure. The unknown leaned back and they watched as the sword missed cutting him in half by inches. The figure came back up, spinning out of the way of another strike and drew a sword of his own on Broodwing. The two figures faced off carefully, keeping their weapons between them. Rudwing said something, then pulled out one of the orbs that held about twenty of his crybots. The ranger swallowed as they saw that the inside had contained six orange heads and four blue heads and ten silver heads. The ranger watched as the figure counted the odds against him, and then seemed to pull something from behind his back. A red flash of light surrounded him where an unknown person had been. There now stood a red ranger. Whoa, when did we get another red ranger? We didn't bridge, Kruger growled as he eyed the uniform the unknown Red Ranger wore. He had a diamond design on his chest and a weapon at his side. In his hands, he held a sword. The ranger charged the 20 robots. He used his sword and sliced the heads off two silver heads, and then a sword thrust skewered another silver head. He dropped below the energy blast of a blue head before he came back up his sword splitting the blue head in half as he came up. The males grimaced a bit as the two pieces fell apart. Turning around, the Red Ranger fired his weapon at one of the orange heads, which stumbled back a couple of steps as the weapon tore a hole into its chest and then fell down. The Red Ranger vanished the Astro Blaster, and he drew his hand up the blade of his sword, and while the weapon glowed with red energy, he made a large swinging motion, and the built-up energy flew from the sword, and struck the heads of a pair of orange heads. The heads blew up, and the two robots fell to the ground. Turning, the unknown Red Ranger drew a large knife of some sort from his side and threw it. The weapon slammed into the skull of another silver head. The remaining blue and orange heads regrouped and fired at the ranger. The ranger was thrown back and hit the wall hard enough that he went through the wall. Two silver heads followed after the ranger. The two crybots were met by a heavy kick that sent them flying out of the building and over the roof ledge. The Red Ranger stepped back out, a laser gun in either hand, and shot up the remaining six silverheads. The two blasters disappeared in another flash of red light, and the Red Ranger turned to look at the remaining six crybots and charged. He ducked under a swing and sliced the arm off, and then sent a powerful kick into its chest, sending it flying. The Red Ranger spun around and took a head off another robot. One robot got in close and slammed a powerful fist into the back of the Red Ranger. The Red Ranger stumbled forward and fell into the blaster bolts of the remaining two orange heads. The Red Ranger did another kick that sent one of the machines flying away, then drew his sword and sliced another from shoulder to hip. He turned to look at the last of the bunch and powered his sword up again and sent the red beam flying into the last of the bots. Rangers, it usually takes you at least five minutes to take care of those kinds of odds, and I think he might have been holding back on raw power and going more for skill when he did fight, Kat said after she stopped the image. We found the remains of Broodwing's cape a few blocks away, and believe that Broodwing made a run during the fight and was cornered there, but nothing else is known at the moment. Sounds like this is a good time for us to go and visit Piggy about anyone new in town, or even on Planet. Jack said as he tried not to look startled at the amount of power that the unknown Red Ranger had shown. This ranger easily had as much power as Shadow or Omega Ranger. Agreed, Jack. Rangers, you must apprehend this ranger as soon as possible. We cannot have a vigilante going around the city, even if we agree with some of the beings that he's going after. We must apprehend this unknown as soon as possible. "'With all due respect, sir, what's he going to do?' Skye asked. "'That uniform was a morphing-level ranger. "'Hardly a threat to us, unless it's to the crybots.' "'Don't be so cocky, Sky. "'As I recall, it was being cocky that allowed the orange head "'to nearly destroy you and Jack that one time.' "'Yes, sir,' Skye said, wincing. "'It hadn't been either of their faults "'that they had been kicked around like garbage that day, "'but it was still an embarrassing moment.' The fact that the two of them could now easily rip through the things in SWAT mode made it a little bit easier to deal with. Besides, Sky, you need to consider this one. What is a morphing-level ranger doing in New Tech City? What's the big deal that this guy is in the city, sir? Jack asked curiously. I mean, the guy did kick Broodwing and his buddies all over downtown for us and kept him busy while we dealt with that robot army with the Dino Thunder Rangers. Seems to me like we should be thanking him. Kruger sighed at his Red Ranger. Because, Jack, a morphing-level ranger is a military-class ranger, the same as a majority of the first rangers of Earth were. You know, Jack, it wouldn't hurt to study ranger history every now and then, Bridge said. I could even help you out with a study plan and... Bridge, not that important right now, Jack said, cutting the younger boy off before he started to babble. Oh, it gets better, doggie. Cat said as a bio image of the unknown Red Ranger came up. This particular morphing Ranger is using an enhanced Eltar power source, which means what? Sydney asked in confusion. It means that technically we have no authority to stop this Ranger. Correct, Z. Which makes this all the worse. There are only about two dozen Eltar military level Rangers on Earth or connected to it somehow. Most of these former Rangers either have their Morphers hidden or wear them as badges of honor, but keep them offline. The fact that a Red Ranger decided to either come out of retirement or pass his Morpher down to someone is rather disturbing. Do we have any information on this Red Ranger, sir? Yes, Jack, we do. According to our history records, there are two Red Rangers that have used that particular uniform in combat. The first was Jason Lee Scott of Angel Grove, California. The B squad rangers looked at the image that popped up before them of a dark haired young man in red muscle shirt and black gi pants. Following that was an image of the red ranger standing atop a dinosaur. The other was Rocky DeSantos of Stone Canyon, California. A new image showed an image of a lanky Hispanic boy in blue muscle shirt and red gi pants. The image shifted to show that red ranger riding on his shark cycle. Both of these rangers serve not only as morphing, but also as Zeo rangers. Jason looks familiar to me, Jack mumbled. Z, does he look familiar to you? Not really, the yellow ranger said. Besides, that guy has to be what, nearly 50 by now? Any ideas where you might have seen this figure before, Jack? No, sir, but if I do, I'll report it to you at once. Good enough. Rocky DeSantos does have a son, though, so we'll start with him. What about Jason Scott? Jason Lee Scott is not on record when the other rangers came forward and informed us of who they were. He was one of the few that preferred not to meet with us, so we'll have to guess on some things, including where he is. Now, then, we need to. Doggy, why don't you tell them the rest of it, Cat said. I don't think that is necessary, Dr. Manx. Really? Because I was pretty sure that it had to do with this case, Cat shot back at Kruger, daring him to argue with her on that part of the case. Commander, sir, it would help if we knew all that we could about who we're going up against, Sky said. And if you are withholding information, sir. Please, Sky, do you have to sugarcoat everything in your regulations? Jack asked in annoyance of his teammate. We need to know what's going on, Commander. And why do you say that, Jack? Kruger asked a growl in the back of his throat. "'Because, sir, the last time or two that you withheld information like this, we nearly got ourselves toasted. "'I thought that we had at least earned enough of your respect for you to trust us. "'I guess I was wrong,' Jack glared defiantly at Commander Kruger, waiting for his response. "'Jack, you are coming dangerously close to insubordination,' Kruger warned the Red Ranger. "'It's a shame, then, that he is absolutely right, then,' Kat said." They have earned the right to know some of these things, and since it does indeed involve the case, you should be willing to tell them about this. Or are you going to go into another one of your silent modes where you just expect them to do their jobs without knowing how? Kruger sighed and let his ramrod straight shoulders fall. Very well, since it seems that I'm outvoted. You all know that Sirius was destroyed by Grum's army when he overran us and that I led the forces of SPD that were tasked with the duty of stopping them. What you do not know, however, is how it is that I managed to survive when the rest of my planet's people were unable to, and bring the remains of SPD with me to Earth. Kruger paused as he looked over at a computer monitor for a moment before resuming his tale. A part of the destruction that is not widely known is that we sent out pleas of help to several people. Eltar and Earth were the only ones to send help, and even then, they were too late to save our planet. Aquatar, which was closest actually, refused to send any aid, saying that our forces should be strong enough to deal with the threat of Grum's size. I remember that Lady Delphine sent me quite a number of apologies after my home planet fell. King Trey was in the midst of strengthening his own defensive forces and didn't have the resources to send us any assistance. And King Dex was busy fighting his cousin in another civil war. Before you say anything, Z, Triphonia has always had one Ranger. At times, this Ranger has been reinforced when required, but other than that, it has always been a one Ranger planet. The Gold Zeo Ranger powers are extremely powerful, though. Make no mistake about that, though, Rangers. In the correct hands, they are the most powerful of the six zeo pieces of the zeo crystal. But I digress. The battle was long and hard, rangers. I had been battling nonstop for quite a while. And as you know, I had even battled with Grum himself. As I told you, I had indeed been knocked out. However, I did not awaken as alone as I have told you in Commander Birdie. When I awoke, Grum and his army had surrounded me. Evidently, he wanted to make an example of me for destroying one of his horns, and he intended to make me pay. I was forced to my feet, and I watched helplessly as Grum had the few remaining survivors of my people destroyed. Grum promised that after he was done with this, he would have a special surprise done just for me as well. Fortunately for me, I never had to find out what it was that he had in mind. Just as he was about to make his move, a Red Ranger appeared on a motorcycle, and using his blasters, he destroyed several of the crybots that Grum had with him. He then had the bike shift into an armor form. I later learned that this armor was the Red Lightspeed Rescue Ranger's trans-armor cycle, with the wrist-mounted laser cannons. He destroyed the force that was holding me, and even managed to knock Grum back with the tires on his armor. I will never forget that fight. That lone Red Ranger actually fought over a hundred Krybots, two of Grum's henchmen and around 200 of his Crybots to be exact. His methods of dealing with criminals, though, were hard to ignore, as he blew both of the thugs up instead of capturing them. The destruction of two of his strongest people had Grum fleeing, but not before he promised me that he would have his revenge on me. The unknown Red Ranger freed me and I managed to retrieve my Shadow Saber. I later learned that another Ranger along with Merrick of the Wild Force Rangers had the blue and green Lightspeed Morphers, and used their Mega Battle Armor to cause a distraction elsewhere. The fight to get me to SPD Command is one I will never forget. I was weak at the time, and the trans-armor cycle couldn't hold us both in its cycle mode anyway, so we had to fight our way on foot all the way up to SPD Command. The four of us met up near SPD Command where the red morphing and blue lightspeed rangers held the crybots that were chasing us off, while the green lightspeed ranger used the power saw to cut through the main doors. After we got inside, the blue ranger then created a wall of ice that separated us from the crybots. Once I had regained some of my strength, I led them out to the control room where we could fly this building off the planet. Yes, rangers, I said fly this building... It was originally created as a mobile base, but after Cat did several modifications, it now has a Zord mode instead of a Starship mode. The Rangers, with the stolen Lightspeed Morphers, returned to a ship that was hanging in orbit, and I flew with it to a safe location. The Red Morphing Ranger was all for returning to the planet and destroying the rest of Grum's army, but I was severely wounded and the Lightspeed Ranger technology was rather old. And was not updated like the red morphing rangers powers were so instead he helped direct me to earth once we got to earth he took the trans armor cycle and left during the night and earth's spd was later born i never did see beneath his helmet as he stayed in ranger mode the entire time i later learned from a former ranger that it was possibly jason lee scott as he is one of the few former rangers to still use his morpher and seems to thrive on combat, according to my source. Most rangers usually retire from the job unless they're needed without a doubt. So in other words, sir, you kind of feel like you owe him for not only saving your life, but also for helping you to save the one piece of your home that you had left? Sydney asked in an understanding voice. But on the other hand, you also know what it is that he's capable of. Yes, and now one of the reasons that we even have an SPD base on Earth may in fact be someone that we have to bring in. I'll have to check the files to see what it is we can charge him with, as he is a ranger and protected under the Eltar Ranger Act to a certain extent. He is being a vigilante though and acting without jurisdiction. If he makes a habit of doing this, I want us ready to act immediately. Begin investigating this. I want this ranger brought in for questioning at once. Yes, sir. Oh, and rangers, if we can't capture this vigilante ranger, I'm going to have to have a ranger historian come down and debrief all of us on what this ranger is known to do. We will also be having meetings with ranger representatives Bradley and Delgado, and talking to Earth's Aquitar consul, Mr. Cranston, as well. On a side note, one of you also has a meeting with H&H Graceful Performing Arts Theater. The rangers all looked at Sidney, who nodded happily. Evidently, there was a murder over there last night that needs to be checked into. Everyone ignored how pale the pink ranger was becoming. Dismissed, rangers. The rangers all saluted and walked out of the room, preparing to divide their duties up. Doggy focused his hearing for a moment and learned that Bridge would talk with Consul Cranston, while Sky would accompany Sidney leaving Jack and Z to go over what data they did have and to visit Piggy. They would probably also be on hand to talk with the Ranger representatives as well when they came by for their meetings. What Kruger had not told them was that Rocky DeSantos and Jason Lee Scott had both been missing from the roster of Rangers who willing gave up their identities. In time, he hoped that he would be able to convince them it was in their best interest. It would also allow him to get an energy reading off their morphers in case something like this ever happened again. H and H Graceful Performing Arts Theater. Sky looked up at the tall building. Their trip had taken them into the Angel Grove district of New Tech City, so this is the place, huh? Isn't this exciting? We're actually going to be able to enter H&H, one of the most well-known training facilities in the world, Sidney gushed to her teammate in excitement. Only the very best athletes are even allowed here. Yes, Sydney, I know, Skye responded, rolling his eyes. Did you know that? Yes, Sydney. I'm sure that's all very important, but we have a case to worry about right now. Perhaps you can save your excitement until after we leave and try to act like a professional. But, later, Skye said gruffly as he shouldered his way through the doors. The pink ranger shook her head and followed after her teammate. The two looked at the hallway that was designated as a waiting area. It was filled with pictures of famous people that had ties to the place. Sydney hit a smirk as she saw Skye eyeing a picture of Connor McKnight when he had played professional soccer with near hero worship. She wondered how her friend had managed to fight alongside the very same, somewhat younger Connor McKnight just a few hours ago without asking for an autograph, probably the same way that she had managed to not ask Kira Ford for hers, she supposed. "'So you two are the police come to get the last bit of information, are you?' a voice asked. The two turned around to see a tall woman with gray hair walk into the room. Yes ma'am, we're here to get your final statement, then we can allow the repair crews in to fix the damage that happened here. What was the extent of the damage anyways? A power overload near as I can tell, the woman said. My partner is waiting for you in the room that over... My partner is waiting for you in the room that the overload and the murder happened. They happened in the same room? So this could in fact have been sabotage gone wrong. Do you have any enemies that would want this sort of thing to happen? Not that I know of, and I doubt any of the old bounties on my friends and I are even still in effect. Bounties? Yes, I am sure you read our files and know about all of that anyways. Um, of course, ma'am. Skye wondered what he had missed. Sydney had read the case files and had tried to tell him what they said, but he had tuned her out for the most part. Now he is paying for his inattention, it seemed. The woman nodded and pushed open a door and led them down a hallway. Skye's eyes bulged as he saw the ranger photos that were proudly displayed all over. They entered another room and found an older woman on the short side sitting on a couch examining a series of odd burns on the ground. So you're the people that were issued into coming down here, eh? The woman asked as she stood up extremely graceful for someone of her apparent years. Yes, ma'am. SPD. We're here to get your statements. Uh-huh. So what happened, kids? Why are we suddenly getting ranger treatment? Kruger prefers to keep you out of our faces for the most part and sends one of the non toting squads to see us. Excuse me? You do know who they are, right, Skye? Sid said with a trace of amusement. Sorry, I was thinking of something else, Skye admitted sheepishly. "'Well, then let me introduce you to the first two pink rangers of Earth,' she said with a cocky grin on getting one up on the Blue Ranger. "'Who knows, maybe next time you'll listen to me when I say that there are things that you should know.' "'Right, so show me what you got here, then,' Skye said, trying to hide his amazement and shock at what it was that he was being told. The two older women smirked at the flustered Blue Ranger. "'Come on, have a seat, then. We'll explain what we can.' The two women then went on to briefly explain how they had found the body and how there had been all sorts of electrical damage in the room. If the room hadn't been so well protected from energy blast, a number of the photos would most likely have been destroyed. You keep on steering away from the body and seem more interested in the unexplainable electrical overload. Is there something that you don't want to talk about? Yeah, the fact that the body was headless was something that I'd rather forget, Kimberly Hart said in annoyance. Headless? Yes, the person decided to decapitate their victim. The head was found under the table. Did you know the victim? No, Kim answered. Yes, his name was Derek. We had only met recently, Kat said. Derek was extremely interested in Ranger history, and he kind of grew on me, so I let him into the memorial hall a few times. You what? Kimberly asked in surprise. Please, ma'am, Skye said as respectfully as he could manage to a dinosaur ranger. Memorial Hall? That's what this place is, Kat explained, waving her hand around the room. Yeah, we figure that your team is likely to earn its own place somewhere around here as well, Kim added as she eyed the kid in front of her. Any ideas on who would want to do something like this? I mean, a job like this would take a bit of planning, Skye said, doing his best to hide the pride that he was feeling right now at the comment. "'No,' Kat said, shaking her head in confusion. "'I've never seen anything like this outside of rangering.' "'Don't worry. When we find out who did this, we'll take care of them and make sure that they spend a long time behind bars. There's nowhere in the galaxy that you can hide from SPD,' he assured the woman as he closed his notebook. "'Come on, Sid. We can come back later. We have to file this report at SPD.' "'Goodbye, Miss Hart,' Miss Hilliard.' The three women shook hands and smiled at each other before the older two grabbed their phones and began calling for a repairman and electrician. Well, that was interesting, Sid said, as she settled behind the wheel of her jeep. Yeah, did you catch what Miss Hilliard said, though? She said that she hadn't seen anything like what had happened there since her rangering days. Kind of makes you wonder what it is that they saw during their ranger days that could have been that bad. That doesn't mean anything. Maybe... Maybe not. The teams that those two served on were rooted in magic, as stupid as that seems to us. And if that same magic were to have followed them here, when they couldn't have fight off an attack as well, he trailed off, letting her put the rest of the pieces together. They would be vulnerable, Sidney finished. Precisely. This could be a lot more serious than we had originally thought. Add in the fact that a morphing-style ranger was seen just a few hours ago, it doesn't make me feel exactly comfortable about the situation. Besides, can you imagine if Grum were to find out about a rogue vigilante ranger? He'd either try to convince that ranger to join him or steal his morpher. He'd have to be able to get past him first. And you saw the way that guy moved. Everyone can make a mistake, Sidney, Skye said arrogantly sure that he would be able to take the unknown ranger. SPD Base Jack nodded his head in greeting as the two representatives entered the room. The broad-shouldered man was Danny Delgado, the former Black Ranger of Wild Force. Next to him was Blake Bradley, Navy Ninja Storm Ranger. Jack shook hands with the two men. Greetings, sirs. I'm Red Ranger Cadet Jack Landors. This is my teammate, Yellow Ranger Cadet Z Delgado. I understand that you two are the current representatives to the older Earth-style Rangers. Yeah, that's us, Representative Bradley said as he shook hands. Jack winced a bit as he shook hands with Danny Delgado. The man had a grip of iron. Well, if you'll come this way, we can get started on this quick little fact-finding mission of ours. Very well, show us what you got, Blake said as they followed after Jack and Z. The Yellow Ranger presented a picture of the Red Ranger for the inspection of the two men in a morphed and unmorphed state. The men examined the photos they walked down the hallway. I've never seen this guy before, but the uniform looks familiar. Yes, I agree. The uniform is that of the Red Mighty Morphin Power Ranger, the first recorded Red Ranger of Earth, Z explained to the men. Recorded? Well, according to our records, there is the fact that a former wild force was active 3,000 years before they defeated Master Orc, at least according to our files. Yeah, that's right, Representative Delgado said. There is also rumors of a team of rangers that were around during the California Gold Rush, but it seems as if the rangers that were seen at the time were only rangers for a day. Seems like you have quite a bit of information on hand, Blake said suspiciously. "'Just some of the bare facts, sir. Wild Force is only so well-known because Merrick was a member of some of our original trainers.' "'Really? That's interesting. Now that you're done trying to butter us up, what do you want to know?' Blake Bradley asked a gleam in his eyes as a small bit of his power shone through for a moment, reminding Jack that he was not only dealing with a bureaucrat, but also a fellow ranger.' Right, we need as much information as you can come up with on the red morphing rangers. We need to be able to determine if this is actually one of your people, or if it's someone using the reputation of a former ranger. Why don't you check with the city records? They should have all the exact same information as what we can tell you. Because we have a system to go through, sir, Jack explained to the man, and because your archives hold more information than city records. You realize that accessing our archives is not something done lightly, correct? Blake asked the two cadets. To access them, you'll need to have someone be here to oversee what it is that you're looking at. We happen to like our privacy. Yes, sir. I believe that is why Commander Kruger told us that it was likely that we would be having a historian housed here if we could not get this case solved quickly and efficiently. Z informed the two men, knowing how much Jack hated people watching him. Good, I am glad that we see eye to eye on this. Where is Commander Kruger anyways? A request like this is one that he usually makes in person instead of sending in his cadets. The two former thieves were so surprised when there is no annoyance in the voice that they replied out of shock. He's going over all the laws regarding the apprehension of another ranger, in case this one really is one of yours and we have to bring him into custody. Doesn't want to let this guy run loose, that's understandable. One quick question, though, is he dark? Sir? Is he trying to help take over the planet? No, sir, but he did nearly kill another being. Alright, we'll tell the historians about this and they'll probably send someone to oversee this. If it gets worse and you request our aid, as you know according to the zero action that we're allowed to perform, that's the best we can do at the moment unless things begin to get out of control, then at the most two teams will be reactivated to deal with the problem as best as we can now that we've been alerted. Understood, sir. Thank you for your time. I know you didn't really want to come out here for this. We were in town for business anyways. Besides, now we both have excuses to go home early, the man added with a crooked grin. Understood, sir, Jack added with an equally crooked grin. Z and I were happy to help you out. Just remember that if he is one of ours, then we handle where he is locked up. It's the responsibility of his team to ensure that this doesn't happen again unless we can find a reasonable explanation that we are all happy with. Understood, sir. Until next time, Danny said, as he shook hands with Z, looking at her curiously before he walked off after Blake Bradley. Jack looked at his friend. Hey, Z, you okay? He asked her, wondering what was wrong with her. Yeah, bro, I'm fine, the Yellow Ranger said to her longtime friend. Come on, let's get going. We have to go torment Piggy. Jack grinned at this. A part of the job that I am really beginning to love more and more every time that I get to do it, Jack said, rubbing his hands together in anticipation. Aquatar Consul Building Bridge and Boom walked into the offices that held the Aquatar Consul Building anxiously. They had a meeting with THE Billy Cranston. So remember, just try to remain calm. It's no different than if we were going to talk to Dr. Manx, right? Boom asked nervously as he followed after the Green Ranger. "'Yeah, sure, right,' Bridge said unconvinced and wishing that he had some buttery toast right about now. The two teens nodded to a few people and made their way into what passed as the office of one of the chief analysts. They walked into a room the size of a hangar filled with three or four workbenches with various tools. A desk at the far end of the room held various papers.' and to finish it all off, what looked like an old Zord. Three of the workbenches were filled with what was obviously various types of equipment, while the other was filled with what most people might call junk, but what the two of them recognized as creations waiting to be finished. Um, Mr. Cranston? Bridge questioned as they stepped farther into the room. Over here, a voice called out. The two of them followed the sound of the voice and saw it was coming from near what looked like a vehicle of some sort they were unfamiliar with. It had a number of odd devices hanging on it. Greetings and salutations, an old man said as he pushed himself up from where he had been working on the wiring in the vehicle. Mr. Cranston, the two young men breathed out in shock, awe, and surprise. That's my designation, the man said as he slowly got up. What can I assist you in today, my youthful comrades? We need you to help us decide the best way to take on a rogue ranger, actually, sir, Boom said nervously. The old man smiled a bit at this. I gave up the superhero deeds quite a while back, boys. Furthermore, I'm almost advanced enough in age to be your grandfather. We wish, the two mumbled. The old man either didn't hear them or chose to ignore them. Now why don't you abscond and leave an old man in tranquility? I can't place on assorted collar uniforms every few years like some of my acquaintances have been known to do. We were actually hoping you could tell us something that might not be well known about the red morphing rangers, actually, Bridge said hopefully. Billy Cranston looked at the two of them suspiciously. Why do you aspire to know about people like them? the man asked suspiciously. If you are an element of SPD, then you know this is an erroneous way to go about acquiring information. Discuss this with the representatives, and they'll arrange for the best person to talk with you and show you our records, if it is something that we deem that you are required to know. I know, sir, but we were just wondering if there is anything you'd tell us that wouldn't go against the treaty, but give us a clue where to look. The former Blue Ranger sighed. You kids couldn't acquire his powers from him even if you sought to. The only things you possibly will ultimately do are contain him into a card and abandon him to the ruthlessness of someone like him, but not. I'm not positive if it's feasible for him to get out of that in a reasonable amount of time. I can't facilitate you do something like that, so the answer must be a refutation. I will not be altruistic on any information... You will have to go through normal avenues. You know something, Bridge said as he stared at the man. Indeed, but I will not reveal what I do know unless you wish to try and bring me in for questioning. The scientific analyst smirked at the two young men, knowing as well as they did that there is no way they could do something like that, since Mr. Cranston had diplomatic immunity from something like that being on a first-name basis with three different planetary rulers was a great safeguard from things like that. We'll be in touch then, Mr. Cranston. Good day. I'm sorry I cannot help, but I made a promise not to break my silence a long time ago. I'm not about to start forfeiting my integrity now. Of course, sir, we understand, Bridge said as he shook hands with the man, wishing he had thought to take his gloves off if only to catch a glimpse into the wonderful mind that was Mr. Cranston. The two walked out with a mixture of emotions. They had gotten to meet the legendary Billy Cranston for a few moments, but any hopes of the man being a willing lead had been destroyed, and the man was too well protected by his diplomatic immunity to scare into helping. Piggies Oh no, not you guys again, Piggy whined as he looked at the five color-coded teens that were becoming a constant thorn in his side these days. Why couldn't they go and bother someone else? I don't know anything about whatever it is that you think I know about, I swear. Really, Z said with a cocky smirk. So you don't know anything about a vigilante ranger? A vigilante ranger, Piggy shouted in shock. A few beings at some of the nearby tables lifted their heads at this. What do you mean? Just what we said, Piggy, Jack said as he examined the menu with disgust. There's a vigilante ranger out there somewhere. He nearly sliced Broodwing in half when the Dino Thunder Rangers were here the other day. Mm, Yes, I remember that Broodwing was hurt for a few days after that, or so the rumor goes though most people thought it was because he and Grum had another disagreement. Not this time. It seems that there might be a new ranger in town, and he's not overly eager in taking prisoners. I'd keep my head down, Piggy. He may use your place as a target, since all the guys we fight know you for your food. At least I think that's your food that they come here for, Z said as he took the menu from Jack. We should probably look around for a bit, Sky said. Make sure that no one matching the description of the vigilante ranger is here. And how are we going to do that, Sky? Jack asked, rolling his eyes. The only thing that we know about the guy is that he looks human. That means he could be posing as someone from a half dozen different planets. Why, you mean you don't even know what this guy looks like? A shocked piggy asked in fear. How am I gonna protect myself then? He could have been in here a couple of dozen times and is waiting for Broodwing to show up. Not that I have a regular contact with him or Grum, of course, Biggie added as he started wringing his hands in fear. Of course, Jack said disbelievingly as he looked at the informant. Unfortunately, we don't know, Jack clapped the alien on the shoulder. Hey, maybe you'll luck out and this guy was hired to take out Broodwing and he doesn't care about who else you do business with. Oh, you really think so? Piggy asked hopefully. You never know, Piggy. Just keep your fingers crossed, Sid said as they left. Don't worry so much, a figure in the shadows said. The vigilante ranger won't come here. Easy for you to say. He may not be after you. Don't worry. No ranger would be after you, the figure said with amusement. Besides, do you really think that someone like that would be foolish enough to destroy such a good source of information on the underworld? No, Piggy, you are too important to too many people. Grum, Broodwing, even the Rangers have their uses for you. You're probably one of the most protected beings on the entire planet, as long as you continue to provide for both sides as you have been. Hmm, yes, yes, you're right, I am protected, and nothing they say or do can change that. Right, as long as you remember your place, you're good, the figure in the shadow said with a chuckle. Now I have to go, the figure said. Just remember one of these days you may have to choose and there may not be a way to back out. I know what I'm doing, Piggy said as he turned to face the figure, only to see that he had disappeared again. Piggy shivered as he ran back inside his restaurant on wheels.